0: White Sox! White Sox! Go, 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 go! on Sox. Sox.
1: The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill.
0: Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to outside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey,
1: and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb.
0: Allegedly. Thank you, gentlemen, Jim. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Socks. I am Herb Lawrence, and that is Chris Tannehill. Excuse my voice. I went to a wedding last night, oh. and I was yelling and such. Happy uh, marriage to Matt Weber and Jill. F- Matt Weber, former score guy, got married last night. It was good times, Webby. but it was uh, a fun, enjoyable time. and As my voice indicates, I was yelling a lot for some reason. But <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, dumb. But this is episode number 30 of Locked on Sox. That's
1: right, Herbie. And uh, tonight, uh, we're going to talk about the story of the week, which is, of course, the Yoan Moncada contract extension. Mercy. We're going to recap that Big Cub Sox matchup, including the bet with my neighbor, and uh, also mm-hmm. uh, look ahead to Michael Kopech taking them out for the first time since having the Tommy John surgery this Tuesday. But episode 30... I think there's only one answer here, and uh you can say it at the same time as me, uh, three two one Maglio Oregonias. Oh, not Nick Swisher, absolutely oh, not. The dirty goodness. cat salon, we can't have that. Don't 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 begin my week with a Nick <laughs> Swisher
0: reference. Hey, his the only time he was here, he took us to the playoffs. That's true. I mean, he was on the team that went to the playoffs.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was. Um That and didn't, didn't play really in the playoffs either. Not at all, actually. Um yeah, and then, of course, he he proceeded to continue hitting again the second he left the White Sox, so we appreciate you th- for that one, uh, Nick. But uh, Maglio Ordonez tonight I think would be a good place uh, to to start here. Mags, you know, for all you younger listeners out there, I mean, I'm going to go out and say this right now, friends, about Maglio Ordonez. Probably the best position player the Sox signed and developed in the past 20 years. Now, we've got some we got a guy that's that's in center field this year that's probably going to eventually take over that but th- just to show you how bad the drafting's been and how bad the international free agency has been it's been about tw- you know over 20 years since MacLeodonias was signed but this guy was just a complete player could hit could throw it's just man it just i wish he could have been part of the, the, the World Series team, you know, because he played for the Sox for those lean years. Um, a knee injury in the 04 season led him to not re sign with the team, so he was not on that 05 team, obviously. And then later on, famously, Maglio and Ozzy, Ozzy Gian uh, came to words uh, <laughs> when, uh, when Mag signed with the Tigers. But just a really great player.
0: What's the first thing that pops in your mind when you think Maglio or Donias? Um. Unfortunately, it is the walk-off home run he hit to make the Tigers go to the World Series, I believe.
1: Yeah, it was. That's one of those cool moments. I, I don't look at it in a bad way. I remember at the time being like, uh, you feel like you're missing out on something because the White Sox were a pretty good team that year. They were sitting at home watching the playoffs. But you looked at Mags hitting that home run to send the Tigers to the World Series. I'm like, You know what? That's pretty cool. This guy was a good player for, for a lot of years for the Sox. He was the last White Sox player, I think, to home run in an all-star game, Mm. if that that serves me right, in Seattle, off of former Cub John Lieber. And, uh, yeah, so salute to Mags. One of the funny things that I remember today when I was looking up old Mags was he was part of a rumored three-team trade back when A-Rod was a Texas Ranger. The, The Red Sox, this was back in the big old... AL East arms race where the Yankees and Red Sox were spending all the money trying to acquire every player imaginable. So the Red Sox wanted to acquire A-Rod from the Rangers after the Rangers realized that you know that contract was really paying dividends for them. A-Rod was a great player then. Uh, now we know why. Mm-hmm. But so Red Sox wanted him and they could not wait to get rid of Nomar Garcia-Pera. So here come the White Sox. They were going to be the team that was going to acquire Noma. And they were going to send mags to Boston, and the Rangers were going to get Manny Ramirez. I think. You talk about a uh, trade. Uh, I think you know. In as far as the history books go, I think this is one of those trades that I think most of the parties involved are glad that it didn't pan out.
0: Exactly. Um, Do you remember the player who injured Maglojones? Was it Willie Harris? It was Willie Harris. Yeah, that
1: was a rough year. That '04 team was a good team. That might be. Probably the best White Sox team on paper in in my life. Like they didn't do anything. They didn't even win the division, but they were loaded
0: offensively. Frank oh was my god on the team. Carlos Lee on the team. Mags on the team. Yeah,
1: but that was the thing with Mags getting hurt and Frank was hurt also. He had mm-hmm. another uh, foot injury that year. That team was just they were just stacked. But it's one of those things where you know things happen for a reason. And had you know had Ozzy not come in that year and decided to really not necessarily blow things up, but kind of change the philosophy of the team, getting rid of Carlos Lee and Magli Ordonez, you know, didn't come back after 04. One of those things where, you know, I guess you look back, you say, I'm glad things shook out the way they did, just like that Red Sox trade. But uh, yeah, so Magli Ordonez, episode 30 tonight, and we start off with... Big story of the week, of course, which is Johan uh, Moncada signing a five year, $70 million contract extension with the Sox, keeping him on the South side until 2024, I believe, with a club option for 2025. Uh, a couple weeks back we spoke about this after James Fox reported it and this is one of those things where where you're going to will will it into existence and another thing that the Lockdown Sox podcast has for you is speaking things into existence we talked about it and now it has happened and if you remember a couple weeks back when i was talking about this i didn't think that he was going to sign this i don't think you did either Mm-mm. And one of those things that I talked about was all right, if they're going to get him to sign a team friendly extension, and oh boy, is this a team friendly extension. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But one of the things that I talked about was that Johan is going to have to maybe believe in something bigger than himself. And he's going to have to look at the guys around him in the clubhouse and he's going to have to make a decision. Either I wait it out, take my chances, bet on myself, or take a team friendly deal lock myself into a little bit of dough and be a part of something bigger and continue to add to this culture. And Rick Hahn spoke about this uh, earlier this week after the uh, Moncada extension became official.
0: In the end, uh, players have their own individual assessment they need to make. Uh, I do think that uh, there is something about the culture that's been created in that clubhouse and the buy-in from the players that uh, increases their desire, at least, to be part of this for the long term. Again, in the end, we know that it, it comes down to making the right financial deal for both sides, one that Great. provides a lifetime security for the player and one that provides us with additional control to potentially extend this upcoming window as long as possible. So uh, buying into the culture is important and, and finding that right balance is, uh, is essential. I think we can objectively sit here today and feel like you know, through the players you mentioned that we have three of uh, arguably the most exciting young players in the American League under control for at least the next six years and that's a, that's a, that's a good feeling.
1: Damn, that's a good feeling. Rick Conn, congratulations uh, on another swindling. Yes. (laughs) Herbie, your thoughts on the deal?
0: I mean, I said in previous episodes that I would be thrilled if he signed a deal for a long-term deal. I didn't think it was possible because I don't know who his agent is. They know he changed agents as of late, and that person needs to be fired immediately because to get a player of his caliber, I know he's only had one good year in the majors, but still, I, I just don't like it. Hmm. This isn't quite Ozzy Albee's level of No, it's not uh, that. Swindling. No, I mean, the, the White Sox came. It's a good faith, good deal for the White Sox. The fact that he signed it, you know, it's like they offered it and they want to start at a level at a number. And it seemed like Yoan and his people like oh, sounds good. Fuck it, let's do it. Let's sign yeah. it. Yeah. Instead of having some time to no- negotiate, hey or hey guys, let's just wait this year and see if we're good this year. If we're good this year, next year we'll talk about it. And then the number goes up because that'll be two years in a row for a player that profiles to be the player that he's going to be at the end of those deal at the end of that number. This is a steal. Even that what twenty five in that last year. That's going to be a steal. Absolutely. He's going to be in his prime. He's going to be at a prime position at third base. Pretty good deal for the White Sox. Good for him. He says, "You know what? I got the 30 million when I signed with Boston and now I got the 70 million and maybe 90 million at the end of this and I'll still be only 30 to be in free. I don't care about money that much. I'm good. I'm a guy from Cuba. 100 million is smooth with me. Let's do it." And I love the culture because Moscubano's and it's a bunch of the manager speaks the language. He's comfortable. He's happy. Everything's all good. So if he's following your happiness, don't run away from it and then find some security to go along with it. So I won't poo poo his deal. But in the grand scheme, I think he got not fleeced, but signed for less.
1: Yeah, I think so. And to put it into perspective, Yohan Moncada is still only making $1 million a year uh, this season for 2020. And Then obviously it goes up after that. But if you look ahead to 2024, which is the last year uh, of the contract before the option kicks in, the club option, Yohan Moncada is going to be slated to make as much money almost as these players. And he's going to be an exclusive uh, company here. Jose Altuve, these are all guys ahead of him as far as uh, salary in 2024. There's not many. Jose Altuve, Bryce Harper, Christian Yelich, Alex Bredman, Manny Machado, Stanton, DeGrom, Arenado, Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, which is a weird one, uh, Mike Trout, of course, uh, Garrett Cole, and Anthony Rendon being the number one. Two other guys on the list that are going to make uh, more money than Juan Moncada as far as like the top 15 players go, Miguel Cabrera and Chris Sale. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. We're going to oh, be Jesus. doing um, a, a like division rival series with some of the other Lockdown Podcasts. I think that's the first thing I want to ask. Uh, the Lockdown Tigers host or host is... It's only one. W- okay, just what what is going on? Why is Miguel Cabrera still getting paid all this money?
0: <laughs> yeah, can you guys fire Dave Dombrowski again? Oh mm-hmm. my God. Jesus. I remember at the
1: time thinking of it like, what was it like, you know, three or four years ago when he signed it, it was like, oh yeah, that that's a crazy deal. That's, that, that money's not going to be great at the back end, but he's still going to be a good player for a long time. Yeah. It's Ooh. been bad for a
0: couple <laughs> years now. Golly. I mean, like any long-term deal, you're going to pay for it on the back end. You're paying for it on the front end with Miguel Cabrera, one of my favorite players of all time. As I've said on this podcast and many other broadcasts, that the reason why I don't hate the Tigers as much as I hate the other teams in the division is because Miguel Cabrera is such a fun player, yep. great hitter, everything about him I love. And still, that deal, man, fleecing. That is a fleecing <laughs> on the player's side.
1: So that's pretty good company for Moncada. Do you think that he's going to be a potentially a top five player in 2024?
0: Yes. I do too. I think throughout this contract, he'll be a top 10 player minimum. I, he already you
1: can argue he's a top 10 player in the American League, judging by the MVP voting. I think his arrows only pointing up. But this is a pretty exclusive company, uh, it, you know, and as far as that contract goes in the last year of the deal. I think he'll be right up there and possibly – uh, ascending, you know, beyond some of these players on the list, like your uh, Altuve's and your Bregman. So, I mean, he's already had a better year than Manny Machado did last year. So, you know, yeah. So, he's right there, man. It's this is the most important of player of the rebuild. This is the centerpiece of the Chris Sale deal. This was the got number one prospect you got back, and now you've locked him in for a number of years. And now it's no longer. The uh, giolito Moncada window. So now you've opened up the window a little bit more, and mm-hmm. then Moncada is going to be here for a few more years. Now, obviously, I think they're going to try and lock up Giolito. Now, I don't know if they're going to try to do that after one more year. It's These things are always fluid. I was surprised to learn that supposedly this deal only started to, to grow legs until a couple weeks ago they started talking about this Moncada deal, this which is wh- weird.
0: This because- is why I find it just odd. It seems like they took first – Offer And was like man we're good Let's go um, a new And a new agency He fired his old agency Got a new one And this p- these people were more willing to get the deal done And it seemed like Joh- Johan had the, um, the The desire To get a deal done And maybe his old agency was telling him And counseling him and saying you know what You probably don't want to sign a deal Of this magnitude of what they're offering you And that's why he fired him and then got with this one and wanted to put pen to paper and get the deal done before the season starts. And they have to worry about that stuff. Has security. His son, Robinson, could chill out and be the great kid he wants to be, and then he'll take over in about 20 years himself. <laughs> Man, have a bunch of money and uh, hopefully signs with the White Sox. But yeah, I don't know if he's Cuban, though. If like, he was like born in Cuba.
1: Robinson Moncada can look up to uh, Elijah Tatis, as the, the veteran on the team that year. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, um, yeah it would be fun. But I think the biggest thing, you know, getting back to why players sign deals that are this team friendly, it just goes back to what recon was talking about. It seems like they're developing a culture that people just want to be a part of. Like, this is a tight-knit group, and I've seen... You know, you, I only go by what I see on social media and, you know, I, I never take that at at face value. But mm-hmm. it seems like Tim Anderson and Yoan are kind of uh, develop, developing a friendship now, mm-hmm. at least on social media. It looks like they're supporting each other and they seem to be glad, you know, Timmy seemed to be glad that Yoan got paid. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I did not think we'd be sitting here when they made the Chris Sale trade. Saying that the White Sox would become a destination uh, and they would grow a nest like this for young players to want to be a part of. So it's a beautiful thing. And I think the biggest thing that this contract gives them, at least as far as next year goes, is cost certainty. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep talking about this uh, all season long. But if they want to be in that Mookie Bet sweepstakes, now they know a little bit more what their payroll is going to look like going next year.
0: There's no excuse for not going after him with full barrels because no, no you have. You're at a low salary. I think they're just over average salary right now. Full barrel. And you still would be smooth. You wouldn't be close to the uh, luxury tax. Bringing in Mookie, mercy. And now you have people on the team and a year to impress Mookie and say, hey, you want to be here. We got something here for the next six years. And we'll sign you for seven to eight years or ten years if you want. But you know that we're gonna be cooking with gas here in Chicago, so you give him the preview of what he's gonna be dealing with. Close to your hometown in Nashville, come on,
1: yeah. And I think people, players around the league, they see that. They see these. You see players signing these early extensions. Not only do they see, okay, the front office is taking care of these players, doing them a solid when they don't have to. And then we can get into the debate whether or not it's really beneficial to the player to sign these deals. But would you have guys, you know, waiting out, going through the arbitration process and? And relationships get tarnished that way, and then you got service time issues. The White Sox are taking all that, throwing it out the window, and other players see this and like, you know what? Maybe that is something I want to be a part of for the long term. That's how you change a culture, and it seems like Rickon and, and the White Sox are doing that. But another cog that was part of that Chris Sale deal is taking the mound on Tuesday. Of course, Michael Kopech—he's going to pitch one inning uh, for the White Sox on Tuesday in spring training and. I don't there's not much to say here other than I'm just so happy that he's gonna be back on a major league mound again.
0: Can't wait. I think the guy is the future of White Sox pitching. I think he will be the staff ace when it's all said and done after a couple of years. He'll be the guy but we'll be looking for to stop a losing streak, to continue a winning streak to shut down a team that's having a hot offensive week. Michael Kopeck will be that guy. And I can't wait until I could see him in a real game in the majors. Because I know the first couple months maybe he'll be down there in Charlotte just perfecting his craft and keeping the ball in the park if he can. But I'm encouraged that this guy, after Tommy John surgery, after all everything that's gone on, reports are pretty positive about his velocity, his maturity off the mound, uh, off the off the field has been... Talked about ad nauseum. He's been great with the media. He's talking about his mental Ill, uh, illness and mental health problems. I think the kid is becoming what the Boston Red Sox envisioned him to be after a couple uh, hiccups and then what the White Sox traded him for. Now you can see the benefit for both teams. The Boston Red Sox got Chris Sale. He was at his best. He saved the last out of their World Series, so it's worth it. And now the White Sox, you know, Mankata is solid. If you get Kopech to be the pitcher that they know he can be, it's a win-win. There's no losers in that trade.
1: Yeah, and I th- I think we'll see him come out Tuesday. I mean, he's going to probably try to throw the ball through the glove, which is fine. I understand it. That. That's who he is. Even though he says all the quotes in the media say he's a different guy, he's a change pitcher. You know, he's he's become more of a of a pitcher than a thrower. They say actually, like he's got better control with the slider. I'm looking forward to seeing that in real time game action because that's that's going to be a game changer for him because that's you know when he did struggle uh, in his limited outings, it was locating the, the secondary stuff. So. I'm looking forward to it, and thinking back to 2018, that night that he was out there pitching his last outing before they announced that he had had the Tommy John. Was that to me? I think that was the lowest point in the rebuild because that was like when he came up in 18. That was like you know the most exciting thing that had happened. Like that was the the first. You know, Moncada coming up and getting his first start, that was a thing, but first, but the Kopech first start, that was like an event for anyone that was in the ballpark that night. Was that the lowest point in the rebuild for you, is that when he went down with the Tommy John in 18?
0: Yeah, because it signaled that the White Sox would be putting the rebuild a year past, a year back, so we're expecting the rebuild to start this year. 2020 was the year that we're supposed to compete, which now we are, but... You couldn't tell me anything last year, especially when we missed out on uh, Machado and all the free agents. Not having Kopeck for a whole year on the mound, doing his thing in 2019, hurts the development of the team and the development of the young man. But now it seems maybe it was a blessing in disguise. He got better as a person off the mound. He's married now. He's more grounded if the slider is like you say, it's more in control. You can find the command on that slider and still throw the 90 plus fastball, 95 plus fastball. This guy's gonna. This guy's a limit for him. He's gonna be a top notch pitcher. I'm predicting. And yeah, that was a low point for me when he did go down because he and Mankata signaled the rebuild. There were yeah. the two linchpins of that deal. Um
1: I found this surprising when I was reading about Kopech today. Yahoo Sports says Michael Kopech is one of the front runners. He's a three to one favorite for American League Rookie of the Year. Now he still qualifies as, as rookie uh, because of his limited outings in 2018. But did, does that surprise you? Three to one favorite for Rookie of the Year? I didn't say which sports book had it, but a lot of the early odds for one of the books they were talking about. They didn't say which one, but yeah, it
0: surprised me. Firstly, because it's terrible odds. <laughs> um, secondly, they know. That The White Sox are going to not have this guy starting at the beginning of the year. So he's just going to come out in gangbusters in June, July, August, and September and take that award. It's going to be really bad. Like if it was a, a long odd one, like a 100-to-1 type of thing or a 50-to-1 type of deal, a little bit more palatable. Like how, how are you going to make money on that? 3-to-1 is like just throwing your money away. Yeah, like and who like who are the, also the rookies like Louis his own teammate.
1: Louis Robert I think is 5 to 1. Oh my god. That might be uh That's the value. That might be a bet worth worth making when they open up the casino here. Uh, what is that going to be at rivers, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, Monday. so yeah, if you're listening to this, you know, Lawrence Holmes is going to be there with our guy Joe Ostrowski. Uh, maybe that if I don't even know if the, I don't know the logistics. I don't know if you can place a bet for AO Rookie of the Year at the at the Rivers. Uh. I'm sure
0: you can only not bet on the college teams. Okay, the Illinois college teams. All right. So. I think whatever if if they if the bookmaker makes it, it won't be a, against it. You can probably put n o v futures out there. You can put um, AL Rookie of the Year odds. I'm sure they'll have most of the things you can do in a Vegas uh, sports book or something online. If you find it. I'm sure they want to have that competition out there too.
1: All right, I think that wraps us up uh, for this edition of Locked on White Sox. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB. I was checking that one out earlier. They were talking about Moncada. The White Sox are national MLB news with this Moncada extension. They were talking about it on Locked on MLB. Lots of great MLB content there. Have a great day. Talk to you guys later this week.